Blog Talk Radio. Wrestling. A love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand. The wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Ladies and gentlemen, to Off the Rails Radio, it's been a couple weeks. Uh, I do want to apologize about not being on the air the last couple weeks. Uh, It's mainly due to miscommunications with the guests, uh, but it's all cool, no big deal. Um, But we're back tonight with our season finale, uh, because for some reason, Blog Talk Radio has started to do the whole season thing. So tonight is the season finale. It's the last show of 2017. Um, and I want to thank everybody for joining me live tonight on the air. My guest tonight is Michelle Myers. We will have her on in a little while. Um, first, I just want to get some some business out of the way. Um, you can follow me on all, so, all sorts of social media. If you want to follow Off The Rails Radio on Facebook, it is facebook.com slash Off The Rails Radio. Go on there, give us a like. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, which is OTR Radio 83, Instagram at OTR Radio 83, and that's about it. Uh, go on any of those social media sites, throw me a like, throw me a follow, and I'll be sure to follow you back. Um, you heard the commercial from longtime sponsor Collar Elbow Wrestling brand. Uh, you could go to their website, collarandelbowwrestling.com. They've got the brand new winter line out. They've got they've got beanies, they've got hoodies, they've got zip-up hoodies, they've got a whole plethora that's a big word of brand new shirts to choose from. I recently got the Meadow T. Mr. Ryan Douglas um, off of OTR OTR Radio Facebook won uh, his version, his copy of the Metal T. Go on there, use the promo code WING, W-I-N-G, save 10% off your order. And if you use my promo code for this Black Friday into Cyber Monday, you save 25% off. And if you use my promo code, I want to thank you. Um, we also, our OTR Radio is also sponsored by Courtney Cameron Photography. You could go to ccameronphotography.myportfolio.com. You could go to facebook.com slash Photography. Um, this goes out to families, wrestlers. If you need promo pictures done, hook, hit her up. Tell her you you. Just mention OTR Radio and save a special 10% on your session. 
Um, as I said before, this is the last show of 2017. I want to ask everybody to join us on the on the November. Or I'm sorry, sorry, live TV folks. Um, January 8th, we're going to have a special McKinney Memories episode uh, of the USWF. Uh, I'm going to try to get as many um, USWF former talents, um, office people. Everybody on the show, we're going to we're going to go give a quick history of the USWF uh, from McKinney, Kentucky, and we're also going to tell some of our favorite memories. We're also going to have fans calling in, sharing their memories. Now, I do want to discuss something, a couple things, real quick before we go to the promo of the week segment. Uh, first is about call-ins. I've been asked, you know, Tom, why aren't you doing call-ins anymore? Um, I'll be honest. I mean, it's just I, I haven't got a lot of people calling in. Uh, so it's just something I just decided to nix to dedicate more time to my guest and let them tell more of their story so we don't have to feel like we'll rush it in. Um, that ain't that ain't saying we won't have call-ins in the future. Um, every now and then I might decide this just to do it. Uh, and, of course, mentioning USWF, I've got to um, clear my chest about a certain issue that has went on. And I want to preface this with saying that everything that I'm talking about is alleged. Uh, not passing judgment. I'm not passing a innocent or guilty verdict on the deal. But uh, two two professional wrestlers was allegedly caught stealing signs in Georgetown, Kentucky. Um, they were two very good friends of mine, um, which I'm not going to mention their their real names on here, just in case you know, just to be kind of respectful. Uh, Cujo and Felony Fox. Um, I'm, I'm not sure of all the particulars. Um, I do know that there is some pretty damning, a pretty damning video online that I did watch, um, and I, I've gotten some questions from fans just because it kind of blew up on Facebook on Saturday night, uh, which I did not intend it to. Um, I do want to say one thing uh, about it. Um, everybody's innocent until proven guilty. Um, they're claiming that they were set up, um, which if they were, uh, hopefully they're able to find the proof needed to clear their name. Um, uh, it, and due to me having a certain individual uh, on my podcast a co- about a month or so ago, it has gotten me into some, I guess you could say, some old school heat, if you will. Um, and I just want to clear out up, up, up a small discrepancy for anybody out there that may have, you know, question my quote unquote loyalty or whatever. Um, I run off the rails radio as a private business. Um, I have sponsors that help pay the costs um, that helps me and my only dedication. The only people that, you know, I look, look at for approval is my sponsors. Um, I will have anybody that I want on my show. Um, If people, God, um, that's your cross to bear. It's not mine. Um, I, I won't ask permission for anybody in the in the sake of quote unquote ratings. It isn't about ratings. It's about um, it's about my it's about my listeners. Um, if I think it'll be a good show, I'm going to have them on. As far as the old school heat in wrestling, at one time, yes, I had a ton of heat with Larry. Uh, I don't anymore. Uh, when I came back to the business for a cup of coffee back in 2015, I made it my personal mission to squash as much heat as possible just because it doesn't do anybody any good to have heat, uh, especially over something stupid. 
and Mahi, in Mahi per se, um, wasn't anything that I disagreed with. It was me backing my friends. And I'm not saying backing your friends is wrong. Um, I'm just saying I realized one day that it's pointless. Um, it's pointless. It's stupid. It doesn't help anybody in the long run. Um, and I decided I squashed all of my heat with Larry D. I squashed all of my heat with Jack Black from Louisville because those was the two main people that I knew of that I had heat. <clears throat> and it's, it, and it was one of those situations where if he, if I had, you had heat with me, let's talk about it. Let's get it done. Let's get it settled. No, we're not probably not going to, you know, trade Christmas cards. We're not probably going to have family dinners together, but you know, I just want to be on good standing with everybody. Um, but at the same time, if you, if, if you've got a problem with it, I'm not going to focus on it too much. Uh, just because it's, you're the one having the problem, not me. I'm, I'm living my life just fine. Uh, I want everybody else out there to live their life just fine and have whatever peace they need to have to get them through the day. Um, that being said, um, I'm not taking any sides on this whole Georgetown debacle. Uh, Cujo has made mention that he is going to reopen US, UWF. If he does, God bless him. I, I probably won't be there, and it has nothing to do with anything. If anybody's wondering, um, this just because I don't want – I'm not working right now. I, I plan on getting back in the ring eventually, but uh, just due to uh, my personal situation and everything, because I'm still living in the aftermath of the death of my grandfather back in September that I that I lived with and took care of. And I don't know when I'm going to step back into the ring. Um, I wish everybody well. I wish Larry well. I wish Cujo well. I wish Felony well. Uh, it's unfortunate that shit has gotten sideways like this. But, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. There's no amount of talking I can do about it that's going to fix anything. Um, part of me wishes, you know, Larry, Cujo, and Felony can all sit down and talk it out and just squash the shit. Because at the end of the day, it's your life. And... Uh, heat is pointless. Heat does helps nobody's business. It ain't going to make your business any better. It ain't going to make their business any better. Uh, and everybody should just focus on themselves. Uh, so that being said, that's all I'm going to mention about that. I'm not going to talk about it anymore on here. I'm not going to talk about it anymore on Facebook. Um, as, as opposed to the McKinney Memories show that I've got coming up, um, Cujo and Felony was a big part of USWF. Uh, right now, them coming... The invitation is there for them to be on that episode, but that is up to them. Um, the door's open. Whether they walk through it, it's that's up to them. Um, if they don't want to be on it, that's fine. Um, we're still going to have a great show regardless, and we're still going to have a great show tonight. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and knock out the first segment, uh, which is the new – it's the second time we've done this segment I uh, got a lot of good responses to Dusty Rhodes' Hard Time promo that I played on the John, the Creature Feature John Campbell episode. Um, and we're going to follow it up tonight. This is Hawk Hogan at WrestleMania 5 talking about the macho man, Randy Savage. A year ago at this time at WrestleMania 4, you were at the side of the macho man when he became the undisputed World Wrestling Federation champ. One year later, here in Atlantic City, you're going to be challenging this very same man for the world crown. Well, you know, you're exactly right, Mean Gene. One year ago, brother, me and the Macho Man were as one. We were best of friends. We would do anything to win together, brother. 
And if you would have told me one year later, right in the very same place that it started, in the Trump Plaza, that we'd be locking horns, going head on head for the WWE Championship, I'd have called you a liar, me, Gene. But you know something? I should have seen this thing coming, man. As the Mega Power team was formed, brother, as the Summer Slams, as the Survivor Series went down, as the Mega Power started growing together, the mania was a little bit ahead of the madness, man. But it really didn't matter. You were either in or you were either out, brother. You either believed or you didn't, man. And you were either ready or you weren't. The macho man made me feel that he believed in the three demandments of the prayers, the training, and the vitamins. He made me believe that he was in my corner, mean Gene. And he also made me believe that he was ready to fight all odds. That's why I stuck with him, brother. That's why we stayed together so long. You know, as that relationship of the mega powers deteriorated even further... Macho Man Randy Savage went so far as to attack your Hulkamaniacs. Oh, yeah, he did more than just attack the Hulkamaniacs, brother. He went so far as to put our manager, the lovely Elizabeth, right between us, man. It was him that was eaten alive by the jealousy. It was him that was eaten alive by the lust, brother. It was a simple fact that the Macho Man couldn't be the man that all my Hulkamaniacs wanted him to be, brother. He couldn't handle the load. He couldn't handle the pressure. But what really tore us apart was the way he was so jealous of Hulkamania, the way he put Elizabeth between us, the way he manipulated her, the way he twisted this whole beautiful thing around. But I found out one thing, Macho Man. You're not a believer in the demandments, mother. Brother, you're a cheap shot artist. You take whatever you can get as quick as you want. You were never in my corner. You were always on the outside waiting for me to make the first move. But just like Donald Trump, macho man, I hope you're ready, brother, because Donald Trump has questions in his own mind. He sent a whole team of seismologists out here to check the foundation of the Trump Towers because when the mega powers explode off the launching pad, brother, as we erupt over the whole Atlantic City, he was worried about the foundation. He was worried that the thousands of people in the arenas might become unseated and swallowed by the earth. Donald Trump... Don't worry about my Hulkamaniacs. They're survivors. They're ready. But you, macho man, I don't care where you stand. I don't care what you believe in. All I want from you is your best. I want you to be ready. I want the macho madness to be at its peak. Because when Hulkamania rules, when Hulkamania lives forever, when Hulkamania puts you down on your knees, I want the whole world to realize that I beat you at your best. And at the end of WrestleMania 5, I will be the World Wrestling Federation Champion. And what you're going to do, macho man, when the whole world full of Hulkamaniacs destroy you? All right, there's Hulk Hogan from WrestleMania 5, and I like, I, of course, I got this off of YouTube, but uh, um, I liked how they did the nice little edit of E in there. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Um, one of my favorite WrestleMania matches, Hogan and, and Savage, best one of the better build-ups I'd seen. Uh, so real quick, we're gonna pay, we're gonna pay some bills, play a commercial from our sponsor, and then we're gonna hit our hit our first break, and then when we on the other side of that break, Michelle Myers. Fall is in the air. That means pumpkin spice lattes. That means pumpkin spice everything. Ugg boots. Yoga pants. God, I hope I can fit into mine this season. Scarves. And baseball teams. Hoodies. Not yet. 
but soon. The metal tee. No need for any cease and desist here. And hats. Stop by collarandelbowbrand.com today and get your fall drop immediately. It's fall, y'all. Collarandelbowbrand.com You'll be the coolest person in Starbucks whether you're wearing yoga pants and Ugg boots or not. In fact, I like to go to Starbucks without the bottoms on all the time and just wear my collar and elbow brand type shirt. I immediately get my coffee and go. King is Born, it is off of the Madden 18 soundtrack, which is where I discovered that song at, and I just kind of really like it. So, without further ado, uh, Michelle Myers, how are you doing tonight? 
I'm doing good. How are you doing? Eh, not too bad. I want to thank you for joining me on this, uh, I would say chilly, but it ain't chilly at all after evening. <laughs> yeah, I haven't figured it out. I, I was cold early this morning, and then I was sweating by the afternoon, and then I walked back mm-hmm. out, and I was kind of like, hmm, is this really winter? Right. I woke up this morning. I woke up this morning, got everything, you know, I was getting ready for work. I was like, oh, I'm going to take the dog out here real quick and took him out. And I was like, looked at him. I was like, I'm not turning, I'm turning off the heat today, buddy. <laughs> and um, it's been a, I like the weather, but I'm ready for my winter. That's just me. Um, so um, I guess I'll go ahead and get this interview started with the normal question that I normally ask. When did you first discover professional wrestling? Uh, Well, I watched it like everybody, I think, in the business when you were little. I used to sit in front of the TV with my dad, and we used to watch, like, Hulk Hogan and um, stuff like that. You know, just being young, I sat and watched 80s wrestling, classic wrestling with my dad. Okay. All right. Um, at, At what time did you know, hey, that's something I need to be a part of? Well, when I was little, I, I actually would imagine that I was I would play. You know how you ha- kind of do the imaginary thing, playing. I would be escorting Ric Flair to the ring, and I pretty much right. knew that that would be something that would be really kind of cool. You know, okay. Just, I, now, I always had the little dream, not necessarily mm-hmm. to wrestle, but you know, I had that dream that I wanted to be involved in professional wrestling. Yeah. Now, how did um, you get the chance to be in the business? Well, my husband is that you know, my husband is actually a pro wrestler. He actually trained, I think, where you had trained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so I just, you know, it kind of rekindled how I felt about it, watching him do it. You know, I kind of relived when I was younger and was like, man, that's, you know, I still want to do that. Mm-hmm. I still want to do it. And initially, you know, that I was just coming in as a, a ma- manager role. A valet yeah. role, and I guess it was just the fact that once I had it and I was in there, they were like, "Oh, can you, you know, take a bump? Can you do this? Can you do that?" And you know as well as I do, once you get in there, and if you really love it and you you try it, you fall in love instantly with it, and you want to learn more, yeah. and you want to do more, and that was kind of how it all got started. Mm-hmm. Got a little taste yeah, of it. I wanted more. I wanted more. Yeah, because I remember, because I've always called him Hack, um, your husband, yeah. Dennis. Um, mm-hmm. I remember when he first started coming to Stanford to train with us. And, you know, you look at him, you're just like, eh, he might be okay, might not. Because I think I'd already been in the business a couple years when he'd come down. And I was finally yeah. starting to get it. And he turned out really, really well. Um, he had this about the same, he had pretty much the same driving drive and tenacity as I did about wanting to learn because usually everybody would go home and me and him would just get in there and just you know work through it you know learn new stuff figure out new stuff and then he come to me one day uh, I think we had it was after training it was towards the end of um, the our training you know st- spot in Stanford and he, he was like, well, I'm thinking about getting my wife into it. And I, and, I, and I kind of warned him. I was like, yeah. He's like, do you think it'll work? And I was like, it can, but it can't. I mean, you know, I've seen the business, my best friend, you know, who had passed away, uh, Dr. Love Adam Martz, Adam Stevens. Uh, he got his wife involved, and it turned out to be a big mistake. 
because it, you know mm-hmm. he eventually you know wanted something that was just his, and I, I told him that tale, and I was like, but it could be the best thing ever, man. It just it, it just depends on how it goes, and because I yeah. cause I think I think he was looking for tell me I can do it or not, and I was like, it's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm I'm glad it's turned out the way it has because it's it's been a success. Yeah, it it was it was had some rough points, but right now I'm in the past couple of years. It just seems like it gets better as it goes. So. Because mm-hmm. I remember, of course, it goes back to what I was talking about in my rant: the silly wrestling heat that everybody has with each other, and mm-hmm. when somebody comes in and they're a little popular, oh, we want to tear them down as soon as we can, because. Ah, and, you, and I know you suffered that a lot with a lot of other women wrestlers that we both personally know. And what was yeah. it like having to deal with that? Um, there were several times that I just kind of wanted to quit. I just kind of wanted to throw my hands up and say I'm not going to try anymore because it gets to the point that you hear so much stuff and you deal with so much stuff, you just you become kind of like numb to it. You just don't want to hear it, you know. But I had somebody that was in my corner besides Dennis that kept pushing. Not, you probably know who he is, Johnny Ray Rice. Uh-huh. He kept pushing me to be better. It seemed like uh-huh. the more upset I would get about something or disappointed or I would hear something, I would say, Johnny, guess what I heard, you know. He'd be like, you get in here, you run the ropes, you do this, you do that. I'm going to show you, you know, this this hold. It was always something to focus me back into uh-huh. from falling out of it. And, I mean, it goes back to what I was saying in, in my little rant earlier. You know, worry about you, and everything else will just fall by the wayside. Um, so what would have been your first, not valet, but your first in the ring working a match? When was that? Who was it with? Um, that would have been at, um, it, it, would, it would still have been at the time, uh, Kills on Wrestling, and that would have been Felony Fox. That would have been my very, like, the very first time that I would have debuted. That was, a, like, just kind of more or less a spot mm-hmm. in a match. I guess, actually, my first match would be when it was Kentucky's on Wrestling, and uh, Amazing Maria was actually training at the time over there. Me and her were actually probably a first match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I, I want to say... Yeah. I want to say that's where she broke in, really, wasn't it? Was Kentucky was Kill Zone yeah. or Kentucky yeah. Zone or, Wrestling? When I was Kentucky Zone Wrestling, yeah. Okay. Because uh, I remember when she broke in, and she and I know she went through some of the same crap, um, yeah. just from the people that in whose circles I ran in. Um, and but so when did you finally start to kind of get it? Um, really, really getting it. Like, I guess it was about, I had to just kind of let it all go and say, I didn't care what anybody said. I didn't care what was said. I wanted to prove myself. I wanted to have fans that would talk about me instead of other people. And about, Mm -hmm. probably about five years ago was high point. I started doing, traveling around. I don't travel a lot because I have children, obviously. Mm -hmm. I would like to do more out but I have children. So them being in school, them getting good grades, you know, taking care of them, that's always going to be my top priority. Mm-hmm. But I did get out, you know, five years ago, I got to get out a little bit more. I'd done Magnificent Ladies of Wrestling. I went down to Memphis, 
wrestled down that direction. I was wrestling in West Virginia. I wrestled in North Carolina. I got to wrestle in Tennessee. I was wrestling a lot of different places. Missouri. I was doing different things, you know. Nice. So, yeah, uh, that's got to get around a little bit. And back to the thing about Amazing Maria, I mean, her, you know, we had a little rough bout. But like you said before, you squash the heat, you get past it. We're not at that point mm-hmm. anymore. We're on a professional level. Awesome. Yeah. And, yeah, because, I mean, I mean, people limit themselves so much with where I've got to focus all of my energy on hating somebody else. And eventually that because becomes they forget toxic. to put the attention. Yeah, they don't put their attention on their own selves. Mm-hmm. You can't try to be better than everybody else and worrying about what they do if you're not taking care of your own self because you're never going to be better than them because you're worrying too much. You're putting too much effort into thinking about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Now, and I'm guilty um, of that. I was guilty yeah, of I mean, that. Oh, I, oh, yeah, I was guilty of it too. My pretty much entire 2012 was covered in that crap. And my heat was with Jim Chadwick, God rest his soul. And yeah. it was, uh, you, you look, I look back on it five years later and I was like, I was an idiot. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, I let my ego destroy a, a friendship with Jim Chadwick. And, but anyway, back to the subject at hand. So um, when was your kind of first program? Um, I'm sorry. I don't kind of understand that question. <laughs> Angle. Oh, Story. oh, gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> see, I would understand more of that. Um, well, that was, it was with, well, we can go back to what we were before, like that first little spot match. First little angle I did uh, was with Felony and Cujo way back in the day. That's the first kind of angle that I did. It was the first thing That's that right. I've ever done. Because that... that was a lot of mixed. It was a lot of mixed tag. It was me and Johnny Bad against her and Cujo. We done that. You remember you was there at the time. We done several little bouts with that actually. Mm-hmm. I remember some of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's been forever and a day. Right. It's like there's some things in wrestling I remember with perfect <laughs> clarity. I remember both times I lost my mask. I remember some of my title wins. Um, and then I'll have a, I'll run into a fan where I live. I unmasked in McKinney and where I live literally 30 minutes outside of McKinney, I run in the fans periodically and they're just like, Hey, remember when you did this? And I'm just like, no, I don't, but I'm glad you do. <laughs> and yeah, I, uh, I remember I, the, the first match I had that I realized that I needed more training. I went in and gets Rebecca Lynn for uh, OCW and I think it was Moorhead. Ugh, it was a rough one. <laughs> right. I, yeah, I remember, remember that hearing one. that one. I, I don't know if you were in it, but I think you may have been. I heard about it. Um, and Dutch Mantel was a very harsh critic of a, this match. It involved mm-hmm. Mickey Knuckles, I think you, and a couple other people. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah. heard, and, and this is, of course, this is all rumor. I heard that you guys got a pretty good blistering when you came back through the curtain. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was uh, well. Like I said, that was in the process of doing. I was, I was trying. I was learning a lot more stuff. I was doing a lot more training, mm-hmm. putting a lot more into it. Yeah, and I've now, since then actually worked a show with him. He's actually watched me wrestle again. He's like, "That's this. You look totally different from you did way back then." Nice. So that's always a good thing. 
That's yes. I had Al Snow. He actually watched one of my matches here recently, and it was pretty cool because they were sitting there, and he didn't take pictures of everybody's match, but he was taking pictures of mine, and he was paying attention. He really got into it. He was standing up clapping because right. I was like, yay, Rod Hicks sent me the message. I was like, oh, my God, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Makes your day. I remember Steve Marino. Um, I looked up to him when I was working, and um, I – I had worked a match with somebody and I was kind of being down on myself a little bit. Cause it was the beginning of my rough patch. And he told me, he said, now Tom, you and whoever, I think it might've been Zodiac or Cujo. Y'all could take that match anywhere. And I was just like, mm-hmm. wow, that's awesome. And cause I mean, it's one thing to get blistered by somebody, but it's one thing when you can go back years later, you know, say, Hey, watch me now. And then when they yeah. change their mind on you, there's no greater feeling. Yeah, it was like I had a lot of people that told me that I was too soft and that I couldn't handle Tennessee wrestling and I couldn't do this, I couldn't do that. I went up there and I'd done a first blood match. I impressed everybody. <laughs> so, yeah, that's I mean, just, that's... just little things like that. You know, they they didn't think I, I could do hardcore matches. I've got a hard, mm-hmm. another hardcore match coming up here on the ninth. They, there's a lot of things mm-hmm. that they said that I couldn't do that I did do. Yeah, because there's, I mean, there's, there's a, some case with some women, and I've seen, I've witnessed it where they don't want to get hit. Don't hit me hard. And it's like, you know, if you don't want to get hit in this business, you're in the wrong business. I mean, yeah, don't kill me, but you shouldn't be afraid to get hit either. Shoot, I come out bruised all the time. I bruise super easy, but I'm good with it. I like it. I mean, I worked I worked as light as possible, but when I needed to get snug, I could get snug. Uh, your 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 husband can tell you about some of me times I was snug, <laughs> and it's most of the time well, when see, I'm like tell, trying to pass a message, and he just totally fucks it up, and I'm just like, mm, hey, get back on track here. <laughs> well, Johnny always in, taught me the way I trained with him. He always taught me work like a man. So I worked like a man, you know, when I would get in there with other women, they'd be like, oh, you're kind of stiff. I'm sorry. I'll try a lot. No, no, I like it. You know, mm-hmm. but that was the, just the thing. There wasn't any females to really, that I could train with. So I just trained mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. Now do you think. Me and Dennis, he can't train me. I'd end up killing him in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> we tried that already a couple times. I don't work. Yeah. We work good together, but we don't train good together. Just kind of like, you know, like being not so much say, hey, you need to do this. And it's like, hey, shut up. <laughs> and and yeah. stuff like that. Or, but, uh, yeah, it was more or less that, yeah. Now, do you think that maybe when, because you're talking about some of your rough patches, and it's, a, it's something that I've asked people before. Do you think maybe you were thrown in there a little too early? I know I was. I know it was. I've, I've told many people that, and that's the same thing I try to tell the girls now, That because I don't train people. I don't train people be, because of the simple fact that I know how it goes through, and I'm, I'm not one to train people. I always tell the girls that's in there that's training, you know, don't get in it too early. Mm-hmm. Like, don't jump the gun, you know, because there's a couple of them like, oh, I'm going to go to another state with uh, so-and-so or I'm just going to manage or I'm just going to do a spot or this and that. Well, if you know, you know, as well as I do, you go up to other shows, there's wrestling promoters that will throw the greenest of green into the ring. With mm-hmm. somebody. 
And I tell uh-huh. them all the time, don't jump in it too easy, because too, too fast, because you get in there with somebody that's got way more experience, your law will get hurt, and you're going to make a fool out of yourself. Because yeah, exactly. there's so many things that you don't know that they're going to know, you know. Yeah. You can break your legs from a small package super easy. Mm-hmm. Just minor I, things. I tore, I tore up my knee, which kind of expedited me getting out of the business. Uh, I tore up my knee doing my finishing move, something I've done a hundred times. I mean, it's easy. And because cause a perfect example, and I'm not going to try to bury the guy, uh, but Big Daddy Dalton is a perfect example of somebody that started out with a lot of potential and then w- and went and worked for the wrong people just because he wanted to work. And developed some bad habits and they set in and they couldn't be fixed. Um, Cause I remember when I broke in, X told me you don't go work anywhere unless I tell you, you can. And I was, mm-hmm. I, I, I listened to that like the Bible and, and I, it worked out well for me um, because God, man, I remember I trained, I started in September. I had my first match match probably February the next year. And it just, it ate me up. I remember one time, I I don't know if you ever got to meet Doug Vines. Um, Doug, man, just had a little scratch. And I, I was like, I'll go up there and bump for him. He said, no, that's, that, you know, but I wanted to work. And I was like, oh, I could, and I remember watching a security going, I could do that. But it wasn't my time. And that is a hard pill to swallow when you just want to go work. Yeah. And so now what would be an tell me about one of your more interesting matches. Uh which of course on this show you know interesting could be either a match that was just you you didn't like imagine it would be great but it ended up being holy crap good or matches the where it started out great but the wheels fell off and it beca- and it just become comical afterwards. Um, well, actually, the funny thing is, is one of my better matches uh, that I had was one of the very first street fight that I ever was involved in. Um, we had Job Corps, the Pine Knot Job Corps kids that was up there, and there's probably, gosh, about 120 of them, plus our crowd over there in Ferguson. They have got they got the biggest pop out of the, I mean, just went crazy over that street fight. And I thought it went really, really good, and when I actually had seen it when it was on video and I was watching it, it impressed me, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was really because we used a lot of wrestling in it, and then just like with the stuff that the stuff around the ring, it was just it, to me for me to have done something like that and done like a it was right around probably twelve minutes. To me, it was impressive. Nice. It was kind of like yeah, one of the high points, just because they went crazy. I sold, and this is no no lie. I had tons of pictures. I probably had like maybe 80, 90 pictures. I sold every single one of them that night and they were still wanting them. Nice. So, cause they, they remember that night and the, there's actually a couple of them that still talk to me that have since then graduated from that program and they still keep in contact. They still talk to me about it. Mm-hmm. They still talk to me about that match watching it there. So. Cause you never, you never know. You could have, inspired somebody to get into the ring just off that match. Yeah. And that is, that's a, 
it's a it's not a burden, but it's one of those going, oh crap, you know, you never get into the business to inspire anybody. You get in the business to it to live out your dream, and that's 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 a great feeling to know that that may have happened. Yeah, that that would be my high point match. I guess if you wanted to know a low point, I'd done a stupid evening gown match, and um, it was a long evening gown too. I stepped forwards on it, and I kind of janked my ankle a little bit, turned it into the match, and I ended up actually uh, getting several stress fractures at the bottom of my foot from that night. That was a terrible night because I was booted for a while because of that. Who booked I was in there with several girls, too. Well, it was a Kentucky Down Wrestling show, which I've done evening gown matches before. I just picked the wrong gown, I guess, because when <laughs> I was coming up, I stepped on it, and it just continued stepping. I'm sure the crowd in front of me seen way more cleavage than they probably wanted to see because I was pulling the whole front of the dress down, stepping on it. <laughs> then I janked my ankle sideways, and then I kind of fell into the rope. I had a big, huge bruise underneath my arm. Yeah, my foot was killing me. I was like, I am never doing another evening gown match for the rest of my life. Actually, I knew it was going to go bad because when I went because I had shorts on and I was thinking because my ring entrance when I come out a lot of times I slip over the top rope. Wasn't thinking mm-hmm. about so much of the dress, a lot of complication with it because I kind of had it tucked to the side, had the shorts on. Oh no, went full over the head, got into the ring. I was trying to get that thing off the top of my head, smothering to death. <laughs> already Did blew you... up, hyperventilating before it even started. <laughs> Did you at least try to make it look like you meant, right. you meant to do that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was trying to slick it down. Everybody's kind of like looking like, oh, my God, that's just terrible. And the ho- that whole night was terrible. I will remember that for the rest of my life. And if oh, I'm not Lord. mistaken, I got I did get so hot at the end of the night that it was in Ferguson. I think I threw up. I swear I did. I think I threw up. Wow. After the match was over, they went outside on the porch and got sick. Between the achy mm. foot and getting hot, I think I got sick. Wow. Yeah, that was a bad one. I've worked in Ferguson once, and I think it was with Kill Zone. Um, mm-hmm. and I just remember that that gym for it being a gym was just unusually hot in there. Mm-hmm. That, cause that's, cause I worked a little five minute match, I think with Stevie Phillips and I just remembered, holy crap, we ain't done nothing and I'm sweating. <laughs> mm-hmm. They can do and that for a, a long time. Did they, is it back that, open? Yeah. Um, back I believe open? so. Uh, yeah, I now, believe guys, it is now. Do you guys still run it? Uh-uh, no, uh, no. We do different venues now. We're down uh, in Monticello. We've done uh, Mount Vernon for a while. We've done Irvine for a while. But right now, basically focusing on uh, doing Somerset over at Shotville in uh, Monticello pretty much full-time. Okay, yeah. Got Shotville. a lot of fairs and festivals. Yeah, we, we got a lot of fairs and festivals and stuff like that that we do. Those are really good shows, especially for the boys, because it's a it's it's a paid up front house. <laughs> yeah, I remember I used yeah, to we love had, doing fairs. Well, there was eight or nine hundred people that was standing over there in Lexington because we got the bluegrass fair. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a lot of people that were standing. They were pretty impressed. We actually had some people that come all the way from Lexington to Shotville for shows. We got people that come from Tennessee. Mm-hmm. There's people that come from Tennessee that had come to the Monticello shows. They come wh- wherever we're at. They come to shows. So that's pretty cool, too. And then our Somerset fans, they come all the way to Irvine. And that's nice. a pretty good haul, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, when exactly did you and Dennis 
come into, I guess you could say, possession of KZW. Tell us that story. Um, basically, Tony said that his wife didn't want him to have wrestling anymore. She was tired of fooling with the business and blah, blah, this and blah, blah, that. And I just thought it was kind of sad because that was the ring that I was kind of training in, you know, the one that kind of started in. And he liked being local, doing Somerset shows, don't have to do so much driving because, you know, we had Isaiah. He was baby at the time, my little boy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, I just told him, I said, you know, why don't you talk to him? I said, and see about buying it. He's like, are you serious? It's like, yeah. I said, it, you love wrestling. I said, I love wrestling. I said, it's kind of our dream. I said, why not make it a reality and keep wrestling here in Somerset? Let's try it. I mean, what can it hurt? We had the money back in the savings, and we went, made a deal with Tony and went and bought it. Nice. Learned a, a lot of people, and I talked to some people that I know, and they're like, oh, I'll get me a ring and get in the business. And I'm just like, man, it ain't that easy. Uh, how, much exactly. of a, how much of a shock did you and Dennis have when you guys started promoting? Um. Well, we started promoting, um, basically in the beginning, we drew Tony's crowd, which was not a really big crowd. Mm-hmm. And um, we tried different things. You know how you have to get in a way to learn how to, what's the word? Um, you have to work at your own pace. Find out what yeah. is your thing that can get people in. It's, mm-hmm. It took a while. It took a while. Uh, but if anybody can see, if they go to our fan site, they can see how much our crowds have changed since then mm-hmm. like we pack we pack it out there's not a time that we don't have oh i mean our low crowds is like over, a little over 100 that's not bad for independent no. restaurants you know that's not bad it's not no. bad at all the pictures are there to prove it i'm not saying we have a packed house and not putting a picture there i'm telling you we had a packed house and there's pictures there to prove it mm-hmm. um you just have to kind of get in your own thing uh, we took a lot of switching in our locker room to get the good locker room because we have a very good locker room right now, mm-hmm. like a real good locker room. Um, you have to kind of get your, your people together. You have to have the people that's working not just for you but working with you and for you. We have the best, and in my opinion, he's the best graphics and fire guy that you could ask for, John Horton. He does mm-hmm. all our video work, our graphic work. Got to find. You got to hire somebody. You got to get somebody that's good with flyers, in advertising and stuff like that. You can't just do it cheap looking, homemade, on some kind of app flyer and stick it on Facebook and say, "Here's my advertising." We make two hundred to three hundred freaking flyers. We go all over this town, walking by foot, hanging them every store, every freaking pop machine. We put them on the fronts of cars. We've got huge, like, billboard signs, and, yeah, they are made. The reason they are made is going back to the thing of we had for really nice professional stuff made. We paid, like, way up, like, $400 for advertising signs. Another company came into Somerset, and all of them disappeared conveniently. Mm-hmm. So we got to making them because that was cheaper, you know, cheaper yep. and easier. They're a little bit heavier. Some of those have gonna... disappeared. But mm-hmm. still, in the same instance, we advertise everywhere. There's not a corner that we don't leave untouched. No matter where it's at, whether it's Monticello, Somerset, whatever. We we give a hundred percent. Exactly, and I know when I was a delivery driver with my company, because I worked for the Rena Center in Danville, um, and I would go to like Lincoln County to you know to do a delivery, and I would see Kentucky's own wrestling 
signs. Yeah. Or not signs, but yeah, flyers. We, we, and, we go counties out because you can't just, you can't expect a huge crowd and fans just saying, hey, I'm going to advertise in Somerset alone. No, we advertise all over. Counties mm-hmm. over. People will make that drive. You know, if they love wrestling, and there's a lot of people that do, they'll make that drive. So we put exactly. up effort. We exactly. advertise like there is no tomorrow. We don't depend on Facebook to do it. And like I said, those little cheapy flyers and stuff that people put up there and post a thousand times. Yeah, we post a thousand times. But in the same instance, we're doing the footwork with mm-hmm. that, you know, yeah, cause, getting the word out. Because it's like we were talking about before we went on the air. I, I, when I, when, Rated X, Jimmy Walls ran USWF. I was the guy that I took a two. We did it a week before the show because Jimmy didn't believe in, you know, if you got three weeks before a show, postering three weeks before a show because it's just, mm. you're going to cause more work for yourself. Um, <clears throat> he believed, you know, Sunday before the show, I would, I would go to, I would go to, well, after a while, I started keeping the signs at my house just because it saved me time. But um, yeah. on Thursday, he would give me a big stack of, po- of posters and um, and about three things of tape every, you know, a week before every show. And I would literally spend from about 11 o'clock Sunday to about 5 o'clock Sunday putting out signs, putting out posters and everything. And then return Kenny Coliseum packed to the gills. And yeah. same with Liberty. Yeah, Liberty didn't draw really as well as McKinney, but... Man, I mean, you were there, you know, Dennis can tell you. I mean, that building was packed. Yeah, oh, yeah, I was there. Except for the summer because that place had no freaking air conditioning at all. Yeah. (laughs) Summer is a hard hard time to business. I would say they're pretty – that's what I was going to say. A lot of people say summer's a hard time. We done really, really good through the summer. I was really shocked because Shuffle, gosh, it's hot as Hades in there. At least yeah. got some diehard fans because they were just, mm-hmm. they were all about it. They drank a lot of water, yeah. but they were all about yeah. it. They stayed in there. Mm-hmm. And, cause, and it's like going back to the signs. I mean, I can understand why you could go to a cheaper sign because, heck, if, you know, if you're going to replace them every other month because somebody steals yeah, exactly. them. I mean, why invest the money, you know, when something simpler, cheaper could get the same point across? It was like I yeah. worked – I worked for a promotion in Lawrenceburg, Wildcat Championship Wrestling. I seen their their advertisements on Facebook, and I was it, words were misspelled, uh, um, words were in the wrong order. You know, come come see them defend the champion the championship wrestling world title. And I'm oh, like, you mean there's oh. no such thing as tag team titles? Right. And I see tag team fiddles and, and, and independent. Yeah, I, I went independent. I talked to Scott Diamond, who was booking, and I was like, I would, I was like, if you would give me the card, I will make a flyer, and you don't have to charge me for it. <laughs> I, was just, yeah. I was like, whatever that's what I'm I saying. Make, it's that's an important thing is getting somebody that's got a good eye for things yeah. like that. It's good on it, good at spell check. Like I said, John Horton, he's he's our go to guy. He's He's awesome. I know you've seen well, some on my Facebook. I he, back when I started my my podcast, um, he he was a big listener and he would call in and we were friends on Facebook for a while and then for some reason he decided to unfriend me. But I always thought he was a pretty cool dude. But uh, whatever. Um, 
you know, not that there was no heat there. It's just, you know, I unfriend people that I don't talk to a lot myself. But, um, mm-hmm. and, but going back to world class, world, world class, wildcat, um, sorry, I, I still hate those initials, wild class champion, wildcat, <laughs> wildcat championship wrestling. Oh, god awful. <laughs> but that's just my opinion. But, um, I I made the flyers and I didn't make any color to them, and that mm-hmm. uh, Victoria and and Santa he said you got to have something with color, and I was like, no you don't. <laughs> I was like, and here's why because you're going to print these and I'm assuming you want to print them cheap and if they're in black and white it's going to save you money on ink. It's going to save you money mm-hmm. to have somebody print them for you, and you just hang them up, and and then uh, they wanted me to come poster for them. I was like. I live an hour away from you, dude. I'm not driving an hour to poster unless you pay me a boatload of money in advance. And cause, <laughs> okay, cause that's X where paint, we, we hit it fortunate. We have a sponsor that paint that does all flyers. We get colored yeah. ones and black and white ones. We get posters, yeah. the whole nine yards. We even get tickets printed for free. We just tell them what we want. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, and, and I try to tell them that. I was like, find somebody that does that stuff. You know, advertise their business, work with each other. It goes back to sponsorship. You know, sponsorship, mm-hmm. color, color and elbow. They sponsor my podcast. Courtney Cameron Photography. They sponsor my podcast. And I mean, it's out there. You just have to put in the work, and that's a magical yeah, word in the business. Put in the work. One, you get what you pay for. Two. You you get the return of the work you put in. You put in no work, expect somebody else to do it for you for free. Ah, you're going to get that same. You're going to get no money in return. And a or lot sit of back people, and whine because somebody's doing something that you want to do, and oh, they're doing this, or oh, they got this, or oh, look at this, and just sitting mm-hmm. there and complaining behind a computer screen instead of going out and working for it. Exactly, and you know it's it's I. I goes back to podcasting. I had, I had a friend of mine, he's, he's talking about getting into podcasting. And when I broke down what I do with my podcast, he said, I'm good. That's a lot of work. And I was like, yeah, the episode is like 20% of the work. And mm-hmm. it's the rest of it's the advertisements. It's talking with sponsors. It's, you know, cause I'm trying to, right now I'm trying to get sponsored by Zubas. Um, but they're getting hold of them is about like getting hold of, of Jesus because I can't ever get them to return an email, but it's, you know, it's wearing them down, getting out there. Um, now I do want to talk about, because I don't just talk about the good things with the business. Um, and, and unfortunately it brings up the people that I talked about before you came on, um, that a big turf war happened there that involved mm-hmm. with a show that I was involved in called wrestle wars. Um, and Shopful. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of walk us through your guys' perspective, because we've heard their perspective out the wazoo. What was yours and Dennis's perspective? Well, in the beginning, it was more of a, he was dead on, you know, let's be, they were kind of being spot, he was kind of being spiteful about it. And I said, you know, I said, instead of doing that, I said, let's just focus on having a bigger, better, more advertised show. I said, they, and the truth was, they didn't live down there. They don't live here where we live to run a show. So that gives us an upper hand on advertising for one. You know, that means we could put more out. We can hit windshields every night. We could do this. We could do that. Basically, we just advertised really hard. We pushed really hard, you know. 
a little bit more than we would on normal. And just, I don't know, we just tried to run a better show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And try not to lift the petty. We did it for the fans. Instead of really doing it to to get back at them or to be spiteful that night against that show, we just tried to run something for the fans. You know, really something. Mm-hmm. We did like a fan appreciation night, and that's what we did. We just did a fan appreciation night. We really wanted to show the fans, hey, here's what we got to offer. Let's just give you a, a night for you. And that's what mm-hmm. we did. And we had close to 300 people in Ferguson Gym that night. Nice. Yeah, because the, the night of Wrestle Wars, I ain't going to lie, we drawed really well. Um, but then they're like, oh, we took Shopful. And I was like, okay, great. So when are we coming back? Oh, we're not. Then what's the fucking point of doing this? <laughs> well, we're just showing them that we can draw in Shopful. Of course, with proper advertising, you can draw anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I was like, because I was under the uh, the assumption that Shopville was going to become a regular thing for UWF or because they were they were it was a three promotion deal seeing who would win Shopville, and yeah. and I was just like, and UWF I think won the whole thing, and I was just like, so when are we coming back? Oh, we're not. Then what's the point of this? Yeah. And yeah, we you're just one want- of our sponsors pulled that night and actually had brought in Rob Terry for us. Um, it was mm-hmm. our vending sponsor. They kind of brought in Rob Terry that night, and yeah, we just we just had a night for the fans. We just our main focus was just advertise our show, do our mm-hmm. thing, and yeah, it turned out really well because um, I think Todd was actually there that night. Uh, Todd from the commission. We had close yep. to three hundred people there. Yeah, if so not I think over. Todd, I, mean, I know Todd was at your guys' show, and Tim was at ours. Um, mm-hmm. Because they was wanting to make sure that there wasn't no fighting or whatever. And I'm just like, because he asked me, do you think it'll happen? I was like, no, but if it does happen, my ass, my happy ass ain't going to be anywhere near it. <laughs> I was like, I'm just, I was like, I'm just here to, because it was when I was getting ready to quit wrestling and I was just, I was collecting an envelope, really. Yeah, that that's yeah. what is, that's the part that isn't fun about wrestling and the, the things like that with the shows, like. I, I'm never quite understood. I know some people will say, and you might have a different opinion than what I have, but they'll say mm-hmm. running two shows in the same town isn't an issue. It's like taking uh, a choice of Taco Bell and McDonald's and saying, here, mm-hmm. have Taco Bell or McDonald's. You know, you, it gives you a choice. But in the same option, it's not really giving fans a choice, in my opinion, because when you're putting two different flyers out, two different signs, on the same night, at the same bell time, in two different locations, mm-hmm. most of the time when a fan is driving by or they're walking by, they read that flyer, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And that's what they focus in. They're going to get confused when they go to the next store and they see a different location and then walk mm-hmm. back the next day and see a flyer for a different location. You know, like where is the show at? Because a lot of them isn't going to, you know, take the two and separate them out. Exactly. And yeah, that might give you the choice of McDonald's and Taco Bell, but as we all know, sometimes you go to McDonald's and they get your order right, and sometimes you go to Taco Bell and it says drizzling shit. So yep. take your choice. Exactly. You know, but and, I think it's hard for two different promotions to run one town, unless maybe it it's Lexington, some big huge place. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like a lot of these towns that that happens in, yeah, it's yeah. a mess. It always and is. And that's what I tried to tell them. I was like, if I was like, if you guys aren't planning on coming back here, you, I mean, granted, everybody drew, everybody made money, 
I made a pretty good amount of money that night. Um, became a four-time USWF champion that night. But I was like, if you guys ain't coming back here, then this is a wasted night. You could have done this, advertised like this, back in Georgetown and drew the drew these people yeah. to Georgetown. And but but they were, you know, they're kind of it's kind of the same spiel that they're on now. Uh, about with you know like with PTW, it's you know we're we're going to try to run them out. And I'm like, well, if you could do it, God bless you. Whatever, you know. Uh, you know mm-hmm. That's what I said. Everybody just kind of needs to focus on their own thing. Mm-hmm. That's what we just have to do because, man, like I understand Larry's about it. Gosh, it mm-hmm. tears you up when you like you're going out and, like I said, we do a lot of it by you know a lot of it by walking. My kids help out a lot, and it it really just pulls buttons and just just irritates the crap out of you when you go out and you know that you have all this here and then it's all gone. And the yep. thing is, is before this other promotion had come into Somerset, we could put the same things out at the very same places, and they never got touched. Literally, they'd be there a week after the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't even stay there like two days, and we're really good friends with the road department down here. And mm-hmm. they tell us, they're like, oh, well, we had this call in, and they give us the phone number one time. We called it back, and it was the other company. It was They were calling in on our signs. Oh, they're blocking this. Oh, we can't see this. We placed those signs two years before that company ever come in there and never had a phone call on it, ever. Right. So we had I mean, to reposition how we did all that. We we actually had the state tell us where we could and couldn't put the signs. We got permission you know, to do what we did. Yeah. Just, and, heck, they like may have shown that. you a better place to put them that increased visibility. And then at that point, you need well, to say, hey, yeah. hey, promotion B, thanks. Thanks for the assist, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, uh, so many people knew us from that. You know, I would come in and explain because we'd done a lot of businesses. I would go in and mm-hmm. talk to the managers and the, the head people and that was, in, you know, in charge of things like that. And I would talk to them and explain the situation. And now I've got them. They'll be like, hey, I've seen so-and-so, this person that looks like this. I have friends all over the town. They take pictures of people t- touching our stuff and send it to me. Hey, this is down on 27. Uh, you know this guy? You know, like all the time. And all the, the people down here at the stores and stuff, they know me. So, I mean, it works out because now they're they're placed more strategically in business lots. Like, they can't be touched. They're not on state property. They're not on the state. They're on private-owned business property. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. You know, you know, they would steal your signs, and you would think that they would put them to use because in Danville, the same promotion you're talking about would run Danville, and I would literally seen, you know, blank, 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 because I'm not going to give them any airtime. Uh, blank, blank, blank wrestling mm-hmm. live mm-hmm. in Danville Armory, and this is wrote on a piece of notebook paper with a magic marker. Stuck to oh a yeah, tri- um, yeah. I drove by. But they do I drove put, by they do put the signs to you, and I seen that, and I was just like, "Really?" Because I had heard, I heard <laughs> about them, and I was like, "Eh, I'm gonna go check them out." It's a Saturday night at eight o'clock. I'm gonna check them out, and then I seen that, and I was like, "No, nah, I'm not. I'm not gonna check them out." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "They do put the signs to good use." Uh, we've had police officers that's had to come up in front of a uh, Burger King North and uh, take a police report on that because. A little barcode that's on it from a certain sign where it comes from, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's they paint over them. But it is what it is because there's no point in me trying to go take back that sign because, like I said, once you put something on state property, it's considered abandoned property by law. 
Yeah. That's, that's just the way that it is. And by them doing that, they don't understand how I feel now because instead of being spiteful and doing stupid stuff, the way that I react more to stuff now is, you steal my sign, honey, I'm going to go out in the freaking cold. I'm going to go out in hot. I'm going to paint 20 more of those 80-pound suckers just to place all over the places that you go just to make you mad. I'll advertise mm-hmm. that much harder. You take down 20 of my flyers, I'm going to go up and put 200 out tonight. What do you think about that? That's how I roll now. Right. That's now, how we you, work. Now, have you contacted Tim Garnerman or, ta- or, or Todd about it? Yeah, yeah, we've we've went through. Uh, we know how we have to do the steps, and we've sent video. So there's just a, a bit. It's a big process for them too. Okay, is it one of those that the process is so big, is so lengthy that it's just not worth it? Because I've heard that. more or less, more or less, because you have to. You, I got the police report, not a big issue. Then you have to get a lawyer. You have to go to court. You have to get them convicted of it. Then you have to bring the conviction up there to the board beating. Blah blah blah. It's a lot of work. So I find yeah. it better instead of putting so much effort into fighting that way. Let's uh-huh. do the better show. Let's advertise a lot harder, and let's let's give the people a better show. They're not going to come, like I said again, if you're giving them, but this is more like um, a Reno's Roadhouse or a Texas Roadhouse, if you will, or Taco Bell. You're going to go somewhere and watch the best product, have the steak, you know, or are you going to go to Taco Bell and get the drizzling shit? What are you mm-hmm. going to do? Right. You know, some people like Taco Bell. They might go for it, but, you know, you just get you give fans what they want. You give them a better product, better advertisement to you know where they're going to be they know where we're at mm-hmm. gosh i don't even think you could probably get away with not putting a flyer and they know we have rest on every second saturday at shop a lot clockwork yeah. because it's been that yeah, way for 12 I mean, years mm-hmm. yeah because i mean if you have if you have the same same show in the same place and because that's one thing that that rated x would get razzed about oh well you can draw well mckinney but can you draw anywhere else and and it's like that's the dumbest logic I've ever seen. Is I mean mm-hmm. if you if you're drawing a hundred hundred and fifty to hundred and seventy five, mm-hmm. which is what we normally drew, like clockwork, why would you want to go somewhere else and start over? Yeah, because you're established. You're established mm-hmm. with that. Fans are used to it, you know. Exactly. Yeah, and see we and, got Monticello and uh Terry England was actually running Monticello off and on. And as mm-hmm. I learned through the years in the business, if you want something, I learned this hard way too, don't just go in there and decide to run the town because maybe somebody ain't run it for a while because Terry hadn't run there in about a year. I contacted yeah. Terry and me and him talked, and I explained to him that we were 50, we lived 15 minutes from Monticello, from Wayne County. And I said, I would really like to try to run a show down there, but I understand, you know, that you run down there. I've seen you put flyers and stuff you know, on the internet that you had shows down there. I said, mm-hmm. what would be the chances then, Terry, of maybe you letting us, you know, have Monticello, have Wayne County? Terry was like really, he was super nice about it. He talked to me and he was like, yeah, he said, you know what? He's like, it's a really far drive for me. Um, and that, w- that would work out, you know. Let me call the people over there at the Aspire Center. Let me talk to them because they won't rent to nobody but me. And I'll let them know that, you know, talk to them, let them know that you're going to call, and then that's how that come about. Yeah, and it's amazing how much more you can accomplish by simply just clearing through the channels and, you know, getting permission. Because that could have turned into another promotion war that you didn't need if you just said, hey, I want to run Monticello. And it's, 
people in this day and age, and I mean, it's been like this ever since I broke in, they don't think, well, the territory system's dead. Nobody has their territories. They kind of do. And it's just, it's a respect thing that, hey, you haven't run this town in a year. Can I run it? Can I see what I can do? And it, most of the time, if you ask, they'll say yes. Because yeah. we had we had that issue with um, Brian Lawless's group from that ran in Danville, and I can't remember the because they had like twenty promotion names. They were the underground. Down, no, it's World Cartel, World Cartel or World something. Rest, yeah, and World Wrestling Cartel. But they never. But in the beginning, they would never put that on their flyers. It was the Underground of Wrestling, <laughs> and um, which ironically is where I. Going there is where I met Jared Sloan, because um, mm-hmm. Rated X had sent me when they ran over by the movie theater, the new movie theater in Danville. He sent me over there, not to cause trouble, just to go and watch, scout the show, yeah. see who's worth a darn, and let him know. And Jared Sloan was the only one that, that I thought was worth a darn, and that's one of my most treasured friendships that I have to this day. And, See, that um, we we done a similar thing too with that our rival company. Um, we had somebody that kind of was scouting just to see what it was, you know, just kind of get a little visualization on what was going on there, who worked for them and stuff. And they were sitting there, and this person is actually just a fan, not somebody that's in the wrestling business, just a diehard wrestling fan. And I said, to be honest with you, the whole show was horrible. Every yeah. one of them, he said, if this certain person you said is supposed to be in the business for like 20 years or whatever, he went out there and he talked for 20 minutes and the old guy with the long hair, we don't, no name and no names, but he's like, he was terrible. And this other guy, you said he was trained by this big fancy school somewhere. His match was awful. But there was this one guy. Okay, what's the name of the one guy? He said he come out and he says this kind of skinny guy, long hair, somebody named Ross Bray. And he's like, he was really impressive. He's like, he does a lot of that high flying. He said, he stood out the whole, he said, I can't remember who he wrestled, but he stood out, him himself. So, of course, that that being said, where's Ross Bray at right now? He's no longer on the, yeah, he's no longer on that roster because I got hold of him and talked to him and I gave him a better offer. Mm-hmm. You know, better offer. Do you want to do something that's a little bit bigger, you know? I can offer you a little bit more than they can. Yeah, so he's on our roster now. Yet, mm-hmm. You know, he, he needed a better place to be. He wasn't in a good place. I've always been told that if you go to a promotion and you're the best worker on the show, you need to leave that promotion. Mm. I've always been told that because you need to work with somebody that knows just a little bit more than you to bring out the best in you. And Oh, yeah. And some guys don't like to admit that because it's an ego thing. They, you know, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the workers, you know, in this day and age, want to think they're, you know, they're one phone call away from meeting Wrestle, meeting WrestleMania, which you need that confidence in yourself, but you don't need to tell everybody about it, because when you start telling everybody about it, you, people will look at you and say, yeah, he's probably full of shit. You know, the, the best mm-hmm. people are are the ones that are good, and they don't tell you about it. They let they just go do it and let you see it. But um, we're yeah. we're go- if, if if you don't mind, Michelle, we're going to go ahead and hit our next break. Uh, I, we are going to do a phone call tonight. There's a guy that's been wanting to call in and talk to you. Uh, you may know <laughs> him from Facebook. His name is Andrew Dew Browning. Um, <laughs> yep, I know he, him. 
he usually calls in on all of my, you know, when I do the local independent wrestlers, he usually calls in. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, uh, about four and a half minutes. And then when we come back, we'll, we'll let Andrew call in and we'll finish up and take it to the house. Uh, We'll be right back. We're going to play some music here and stay tuned. Boston, I've been in Trillis. I'm a bigger problem when I click with Skrillex. Murder on my mind, it's time to pray to God. My revolver's not religious, the revolution's born. You wanna know my name, then go and tell us all. You wanna know my game, suicide squad. Pistol on my waist, I might make a mistake. Dead shot, head shot, oh my God, am I crazy? Drugs every corner, this is Gotham City. Killer crop, can't even kidnap you to cut out your kidney. Ain't no mercy, got that purple Lamborghini lurking. Rose, so she know that pussy worth it. Flooded Rolex at the Grammy Awards. They still selling dope, that's those Miami boys. Killers everywhere, it ain't no place to run. Forgive me for my wrongs, I have just begun. Ain't, ain't, ain't no mercy, ain't, 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 ain't no mercy. Huh. Got that purple Lamborghini, purple Lamborghini lurking. Ain't, ain't no mercy, ain't, ain't, ain't no mercy. Huh. Got that purple Lamborghini lurking. Rose. Don't be begging for your life, cause that's a lost cause. High stakes, body armor, suicide, boy. This is time for games and it's the time to kill. Make up your mind, baby, cause the time is here. Capital murder, capital letters. Yeah, she catching my vibe, but she can't fathom my chatter. Need a couple gang members for these new endeavors. From this point on, anything we do, we do together. Body on the corner, million in the trunk. Seven figures I spend at every other month. Killers on the corner, talents in the clip. Fill a palace out in Paris just to fill with bitches. Say my name and I'm coming with the gun squad. Everybody running, homie, is only one gun. Cocaine, white Ferrari, I'm in the fast lane. Every day was life and death, that's when the cash came. Count money, drugs, residue, even blood on it. He had a driver until I put my cubs on it. Kicking in the door for the suicide squad. Needle in my arm, so I'm do or die for it.
me for my wrongs. I have just begun. Wrestling, a love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand, the wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Fall is in the air. That means pumpkin spice lattes. That means pumpkin spice everything. Ugg boots, yoga pants. God, I hope I can fit into mine this season. Scarves. And baseball tees. Hoodies. Not yet, but soon. The metal tee. No need for any cease and desist here. And hats. Stop by CollarAndElbowBrand.com today and get your fall drop immediately. It's fall, y'all. CollarAndElbowBrand.com You'll be the coolest person in Starbucks whether you're wearing yoga pants and Ugg boots or not. In fact, I like to go to Starbucks without the bottoms on all the time and just wear my Collar and Elbow Brand type shirt. I immediately get my coffee and go. All right, that was Collar and Elbow Wrestling Brand. Uh, go to Collar and Elbow Wrestling Brand. I know Collar and Elbow Brand dot com. I'm sorry. Uh, use promo code Wing W I N G. Or if you are if you are a supporter of Michelle Myers, you can use the promo code Boom to save yourself ten percent off anything you order on Collar and Elbow. Uh, they got a, the whole new the new winter line out. Winter is here. It is no longer coming. It is here. So take advantage of either one of those those uh, those coupons codes and save you some money. All right. So uh, real quick before we bring Michelle back on, I do want to let everybody know that as I've stated before, this is the season finale of of off the rails radio uh, i guess you could say this is the end of season one season one lasted about two years with about a year and a half break in between um we'll be back with our first episode of the new season on Jan- january 8th with the uh, uswf mckinney memories um also you can follow me on facebook at off the rails radio or you can follow me on twitter at otr radio 83 and instagram at the very same handle now we're going to bring back Michelle Myers. Are you still there with us, Michelle? Yes, sir. All right. Um, we're going to take a phone call here here in a second. But until then, where are you going to be at here in the near future? 
Well, the very next show that you can catch me live in action will be December the 9th at Shopville Gym here in Somerset, Kentucky at 7.30. It's called a Hardcore Christmas where every single match in that night is a hardcore match. It's going to have a Christmas tree with a whole bunch of presents underneath it. Each person that's uh, participating in the match will pick three presents from the tree. Uh, They'll be able to be used in the actual match, and as the matches go on throughout the night, the weapons will grow. <laughs> nice. All right, that shirt, that that sounds like it's going to be a great time. Um, so if you want to call in and ask Michelle any questions, you can do that now. Uh, the number is 646-716-4264. Uh, if you got any questions for Michelle or if you got any questions for me, uh, you can feel free to ask. Um I, I know, it's like I told Michelle, I know one person that's probably going to call in. We were both at SmackDown Live last night, which, everybody, that's why we're having the show, to, the show tonight, because I was, pre, I was otherwise engaged last night in Lexington. And it was a great show, by the way, a whole lot better than the one I've seen in, uh, seen in Louisville at the beginning of the year. I do have to say that I'm disappointed in Rep Arena. That place is tiny, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I just expected more from the actual venue, not the show. Uh, we've got somebody on the line. Um, eight five three three. You are on the air. How's it going, Tom? Hey, Andrew. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Good deal. Good, good, good. Uh, you, you got any questions for Michelle? How are you, Michelle? I'm doing good. How are you, Andrew? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I got a question for you about the show that it's that's in Southville. Mhm. How in the heck is Violet Rain the bombshell champion right now? Um. Well, basically. You've seen it firsthand when you've been to the shows here recently. She's got her a new uh, right-hand woman, as you may call it, uh, Lady Inferno. I believe she's playing a really big part in how she's still champion. Oh, boy. She seems to always have her hand or her, her way in the match. She's always in the middle of it. Oh, I get Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you going to be there December the 9th? December, what, the 9th? Is that when the next show is? Yep, December the 9th. It's a hardcore Christmas. Santa Claus will even be there, so that's a plus. That's in Topville? Yep. Uh, It depends on what the weather is and all that stuff and all you know. Mm Mm-hmm. But um, you're 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 a whole lot better. I can say you're you're a whole lot better than Bible Rain. I can say that much right now. <laughs> I appreciate it. I always said you I know she won't like it. I know she won't like it, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andrew. Got to ask you a question, man. Did you enjoy yourself last night? Oh my goodness, that was. That was such amazing last night. I had so much fun last night. Good deal, man. Man, I thought I I thought I seen you because I was sitting right above you, um, in section twelve. Oh, really? And I was, 
Yeah, because I seen it. And then I see because I was, I took I took a picture with my phone of where I was sitting because I didn't take pictures during the show because I wanted to watch the show, not film the show. And yeah. I was like, and I seen you. Know, I was like, maybe maybe that's him. I was like, I don't know. But then I seen uh, your. I was like, man, yeah, he he was right there. <laughs> but um, Andrew, um, yeah, I I want to. Thank you for calling in, and I want to thank you for for listening in on every show. And uh, I hope to see you soon, man. Whenever I start working again, and hope that you tune in on January eighth for USWF McKinney Memories. Oh, you're welcome. I always like to uh, tune in on your shows every time. All right, brother. Uh, enjoy yourself and have a great night, man. All right, thank you. See you, Michelle. See ya. See you, boom, all day. Oh. <laughs> see you, Andrew. I hope Hopefully see you in. so soon. <laughs> I hope I got him in because I thought he was done and I hit the X and then he started talking. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. I think I got him. I think I got him in there, though. But um, so I think I'm going to – we're going to finish up with the, the question I usually finish up with. It's a two-parter. Okay. Uh, what okay. is the best match that you've ever been in? And what is the best feud that you ever been you've ever been in? And you can go into detail on the feud if you so choose to. Okay, um, the best feud that I was ever in was the feud that I did with Cheyenne Vegas. Uh, that was about five years ago. I actually done a feud with uh, her and Lisa Funk. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was by far the best feud that I've ever been in. And then my best match, and she'll probably kill me for saying it's not her, but. Actually, the best match that I ever had was with Smoking Hot Nikki Lane. That okay. was my, the best match that I've ever had. Of course, that was out of state, but I think yeah, that I was, was one of my best where matches. That was at. Okay. Uh, well, it was in it was in Mississippi. I have to think it was in Mississippi. Okay. So. Was it just a you know come in one and done kind of match, or was it for a title? Yeah, it was. A, it, was a, it was a magnificent ladies of wrestling match. Okay. It was just a, right. it was a really good it was a really good match. I like working with her. She's really really talented. So. Okay. Yeah, you know, that's All by right. far my that's my best. Okay. Well, I do want to thank you for uh, joining us tonight. Um, thank you for you know handling the scheduling change after I found out I was going to be going to SmackDown. <laughs> oh, that's fun. It, it, it was kind of sudden. Um, and I do, and uh, I do want to invite you and Dennis both, which I'm probably going to holler at Dennis because I'd like to have him on the show sometime too. Um, about okay. calling in for the USWF McKinney Memory Show. Uh, it's going to be a special okay. three-hour show that night. We're going to run late. We're going to run from eight to eleven, fit in as much <laughs> as we can. But um, now, once again, for my listeners, where are you, are you going to be out here in the next coming month, upcoming months? Uh, then the very next show that you can catch me at will be December the 9th here in Somerset, Kentucky at Shopville Gym at Bell Time 730. It's for um, our end-of-the-year show um, in Shopville. It's called a Hardcore Christmas, and basically every match that night is a hardcore match. It's going to be uh, taking three presents, each opponent, underneath the tree, and as the matches progress out to the night, it'll be six in the beginning. Uh, it'll just keep tolling up to the end of the match, the be weapons everywhere it'll be like the ultimate hardcore match the main event will be that's hardcore christmas (laughs) all righty well michelle i do want to thank you and i hope you have a great rest of the night and i will talk to you soon okay i appreciate you thanks for having me on your uh, show tom no problem thank you 
Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. That was Michelle Myers. Um, like she said, December 9th, Shopful Gym. You can check her out. Uh, check out Collar and Elbow Wrestling Brand. Use promo code WING for 10% off. You can check out Court Cameron Photography on Facebook. Mention OTR Radio, and you can also save an extra you can save an extra 10% off of your session. Um, like I said, next next month there's not going to be any shows. Tune in, tune in again January 8th for USWF McKinney Memories. Uh, we're going to close this out tonight with Eminem's Rap God. Have a good night, everybody. This has been Off the Rails Radio with your host, Tom Wayne. Look, I was going to go easy on you, not to hurt your feelings, but I'm only going to get this one chance. Something's wrong, I can feel it. It's just a feeling I've got, like something's about to happen, but I don't know what. If that means what I think it means, we're in trouble. Big trouble, and if he is bananas, as you say, I'm not taking any chances. You are just one massage. I'm beginning to feel like a rap god, rap god. All my people from the front to the back, nah, back, nah. Now who thinks their arms are long enough to slap, box, slap, box? They said I rap like a robot, so call me rap, box. But for me to rap like a computer must be in my jeans. I got a laptop in my back pocket. My pinnacle walk when I hat cock it. Got a fat knock from that rat profit. Made a living in a killing office. Everything's still clean, still in office. With my like a little MC filling on his nutsack. I'm an MC, still as honest. But it's rude and it's indecent as all hell. Syllables, killaholic. Kill them all. This flippity, hippity, hippity, hip hop. You don't really want to get into a piss and match with this rapidity rat pack and the Mac in the back. Kitty yak, pack, pack, rap, rap, yap, 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 kitty yak, nap. The exact same time I attempt these lyrical acrobats, don't fall in practice. And that'll still be able to break a motherfucking table over the back of a couple of faggots and crack it in I only realized it was ironic I was under aftermath after the fact How could I not blow? All I do is drop F-bombs Still my wrath of attack Rappers are having a rough time period Here's a maxi pad It's actually disastrously bad For the whack while the massively constructing this masterpiece I'm beginning to feel like a rap god Rap god All my people from the front to the back Nah, back nah Now who thinks their arms are long enough to slap Fuck, slap, fuck Let me show you maintaining this shit ain't that hard That Everybody wants a key and a secret to rap immortality like I have got. Will there be truth for the blueprint? Simply rage and youthful exuberance. Everybody loves the roof for a nuisance. Hit the earth like an asteroid, need nothing but shoot for the moon sense. MCs get taken to school with this music, cause I use it as a vehicle to fuck the rhyme. Y'all lead a new school full of students. Me, I'm a product of rock him. Lock him to bad Tupac in. W-A-Q, play dot ring, yellow easy, thank you. They got slim. Inspired enough to untake, grow up, blow up, and be in a position to meet Run DMC and induct him into the motherfucking rock him. Roll Hall of Fame, even though I walk in the church and burst in a ball of flames. Only Hall of Fame I'll be inducted in is the alcohol of fame on the wall of shame. You fags think it's all a game, till I walk a flock of flames. Off of planking, tell me what in the fuck are you thinking? Little gay looking boy, so gay I can barely say it with a straight face looking boy. You witnessing a massacre like you're watching a church gathering take place looking boy. Boy, they that boy's gay, that's all they say looking boy. You get a thumbs up, pat on the back, and a way to go from your label every day looking boy. Hey looking boy, what you say looking boy? I get a hell yeah from Trey looking boy. I'm a work for everything I have, never ask nobody for shit, get out my face looking boy. Basically boy, you're never gonna be capable of keeping up with the same pace looking boy. I'm beginning to feel like a rap god, rap god. All my people from the front to the back, nah, back, nah. The way I'm racing around the track, call me NASCAR, NASCAR. Dale and Hart of the trailer park for white trash god. Kneel before generals are this planet's crazy. 
Krypton, no Asgard, Asgard, the you be Thor, I'll be Odin, you Odin, I'm omnipotent, let off then I'm reloading, immediately with these bombs I'm toting, and I should not be woken, I'm the walking dead, but I'm just a talking head, a zombie floating, but I got your mom deep throating, I'm out my ramen noodle, we have nothing in common, poodle, I'm a Doberman, pinch yourself in the arm and pay homage, pupil, it's me. My honesty's brutal, but it's honestly futile If I don't utilize what I do, though For good at least once in a while So I wanna make sure somewhere in a chicken crap I'm scribbling doodle enough rhymes to Maybe try to help get some people through tough times But I gotta keep a few punchlines Just in case, cause even you unsigned Rappers are hungry, looking at me like it's lunchtime I know there was a time where one side Was king of the underground But I still rap like I'm on my pharaoh Munch grind, do I crunch rhymes? But sometimes when you combine Up here with the skin color of mine You get too big and here it comes trying to Think for you like that one line I said on a back from the Mathers LP1 when I tried to sell take seven kids from Columbine Put them all in a line at an AK-47 and a revolver and none nine See if I get away with it now that I ain't as big as I was, but I'm Morphing into an immortal, coming through the portal You're stuck in a time warp from 2004 though. And I don't know what the fuck that you mind for You're pointless as Rapunzel with fucking cornrows You like normal, fuck being normal And I just bought a new ray gun from the future Just to come and shoot ya Like when Babbitt has made Ray J mad The sad said he was like a fag And they were just passing into a man while he played piano Man, oh man, that was a 24-7 special on the cable channel So Ray J went straight to the radio station the very next day Hey Fab, I'ma kill you Coming at you with supersonic speed. Ah, summer, I'm a doomer, I'm a you assuming I'm a human. What I gotta do to get it through to you? I'm superhuman, innovative, and I made a rubber. So that anything you say, a trick is singing off of me, and it'll move you. And devastating, more than ever, demonstrating how to give a motherfucking audience a feeling like it's levitating, never fading. And I know the haters are forever waiting for the day that they can say I fell off to be celebrating. Cause I know the way to get them motivated. I make elevating music, you make elevator music. Oh, he's too mainstream. Well, that's what they do when they get jealous, they can use it. It's not hip hop, it's pop. Cause I found a hell of a way to fuse it. With rock, shock rap, with dark. Someone lose yourself, I make them lose it. I don't know how to make songs like that. I don't know what words to use Let me know when it occurs to you While I'm ripping any one of these verses The verses you curtain from inadvertently hurting you How many verses I gotta murder to Prove that if you were half as nice as songs You could sacrifice virgins to uh! School flunky, pill junkie But look at the accolades, these skills grow me Full of myself, but still hungry I bully myself cause I make me do what I put my mind to When I'm a million leagues above me Ill when I speak in tongues, but it's still tongue in cheek Fuck you, I'm drunk Satan, take the fucking wheel I'm asleep in the front Pumping heavy D in the voice Still chunky but funky But in my head there's something I can feel Tugging and struggling Angels fight with devils and here's what they want from me they're asking me to eliminate some of the women hate But if you take into consideration the bitter hate what I have Then you may be a little patient and more sympathetic To the situation and understand the discrimination But fuck it, life's handing you lemons, make lemonade then But if I can't battle the women, how the fuck am I supposed to bake them a cake then? The mistake is a It's a fatal mistake if you think I need to be overseas and take a vacation To trip abroad and make a call on a face and Don't be a retard, be a king, think not Why be a king when you can be a god? 